It's a big world, which sometimes the history of other continents go unknown. Today, we're talking movies. We're talking Argentina, 1985, starring Ricardo Darin, Peter Lasagna, and Francisco Burton. Written by Mariano Lelens, Martin Mariguay, and Santiago Mitra, who also directed. Scott Vega, I do not acknowledge the validity of this podcast. But you're going to be the prosecutor at the most important trial in Argentina's history. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Argentina's contribution to this year's Oscars in the international category, Argentina 1985, uh, which is basically their Nuremberg trials, where they had to put the generals that partu- uh, part- were part- partook in the coup in the 70s. So, uh, really important film. Uh, Scott, I'm actually interested to see what your take on this was. So, uh, go ahead. Um, okay. First, I'll be honest, I never heard about this movie before. So when you said uh, I was really searching for a movie from titled Argentina that was made in 1985. <laughs> I told you, but I told you, I said this year's Oscars, this yeah, year's then, Oscars. Or, or, they they don't but, allow you to submit you, you, two decade like... old films to this year's. Oh, like, hey, I found this in a fucking shoebox. Can I submit it? And they're like, oh, yeah. well, you're Argentina. Like they, they submit films every year. Yeah. Yeah, but that was the thing. I was like, fuck, what's next? Like Australia with fucking Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman. Isn't that about ba- ba- like, Bows Lauman or whatever? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh okay, so about this movie. Okay, so similar to last week's movie, this did not reinvent the courtroom drama. Um, it was you know, it was a good film. I understand the accolades it has received. But to me, like, I think this movie took out the human story completely out of it because it it is 100% like a courtroom, uh, a movie as, you know, once it gets to the courtroom, which I think is like 45 minutes into the film, like it had the the you know the usual heist movie montage of getting the team together at the beginning (laughs) and then after that it was literally like um you were technically one of i think what were the the heads of appeal were the judges yeah yeah the court of appeal Uh, yeah so you were technically one of these judges which you didn't know the people's stories you didn't know the evidence they had it just literally you you're there for an hour and a half in the courtroom while they're presenting their evidence and you're hearing these stories and you're technically just making your own decision based on that. It's not like I would say like normal, like U S or Canadian courtrooms where, you know, all the, you know, you're all behind the scenes with the prosecutor or the defense and you know, everything that's going to be presented Um, here. It's just literally, you know, it's just shown, especially for somebody like myself who didn't know this history. Uh, and then you just kind of got to figure out like, holy, like, like, fuck, like, I can't believe this shit happened. So I think uh, some of that might be because like you just said, like, we're, we're here in Canada. Uh, 
this was an Argentinian film made by Argentinians for Argentinians. So some of that institutional knowledge might be baked in. Like the public at this stage is very aware of, I mean, their own history. It's not that long ago, right? It's the 70s when the, when the um, dictatorship, uh, that, that particular dictatorship, I did a quick like lookup of Argentinian history. And since like the late 1800s, They've had something like six military coups <laughs> at that point, right? So uh, this was the last one. Um, so they may know a lot of that information. They know those players. Uh, so it's not going to be as disclosed as much because they're already aware of it. Um, it. I mean, it was about the trial. So really what they wanted to show was the trial. So I think it did a very good job of showing uh, the, the, especially the defense, like really the prosecution, what you mostly see is them being like, listen, we were at war with rebels and we did what we needed to do to win. Like really you're, you're watching the defense's case. Speaking of that, Um, moment, you want to reverse that? No. Because that was the defense's case. No, that was the process. Oh, sorry. The defense's case. Sorry. You were correct. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> yes. The prosecutor was the one that was like, no, you committed genocide. Uh, yeah. The defense's case was basically like, we were at war. That's it. Case closed. Uh, that said, that montage. So th- there's a lot of like great little comedic moments. And that montage is awesome. Like, you're like, how exciting can the montage of picking basically like attorneys and assistants be? And it's gr- un- unqualified. Oh, well, that's why, right? Because they couldn't rely on anybody within the system. So they're going to like law schools and stuff like that and getting like these kids. And some of them are like some cheeky fucking buggers. Like when that one dude's like last job, he's like, uh, unemployed, used to go to military school, blah, blah, blah. And they're just sort of like aghast that this person would apply. And then he's like, come on, stop fucking around. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think um, also the one when they had like, when they would ask the question like who did you vote for prior and then the one guy said i don't even remember what it was um he said the one party and then the older drama teacher was like why did you vote for them and he like does this whole spiel he's like i've had enough of this and then you find out it's like his son (laughs) he's like i've had enough of this shit from the dinner table i don't (laughs) need this shit fucking here and then the other guy's like like, you're hired your dad your dad actually spoke really highly of you yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i said it was great and i think this is already a very heavy subject right you're talking about genocide by your own government on its own people and it could very easily become more like schindler's list which is just like heavy like throughout the whole thing and that levity kind of keeps you engaged also because unlike schindler's list which you're you're watching like a, a lot of time elapse as you brought up you're essentially just watching getting ready for the trial and the trial so that could easily become very boring so kind of punctuating it with the humor and and showing that like even in the most serious situations like it's still people going about their business doing their jobs right so I thought yeah. they th- they did a really good job of keeping uh, the audience engaged. Um, I mean, as for awards, it got the obviously it got an Oscar nod for international film. Uh, it got a BAFTA nod. It got a nod for the Venice Golden Lion, uh, and then it won its at Spain's Goya Awards, which is their Academy Awards. It was it was the winner there. Uh, and I'm assuming Argentina. It'll probably be coming out whenever Argentina does its Academy Awards. Um, I think it's called the Sur Awards or something like that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it did really well. Uh, unfortunately for it, it had to go up against um, 
All Quiet on the Western Front, which also got a Best Picture nod. So as we, we've talked about this on the show a couple of times, like if you're in the international category and one of the films goes Best Picture, you might as well not fucking show up. You're like, well, that was fun. <laughs> well, that that is actually pretty interesting that you said that because the um, oh, my God, I had it here. Just give me two seconds. You can have one second is what you can have. No, after the Golden Globes win, because um, they won the Golden Globes. Golden for Globes don't mean fucking anything. We've talked okay, about this. Okay, but listen. Okay, okay, okay. Just listen, listen to this. This is listen. what I think uh, the actor, Peter Lasagna, revealed what uh, the other actors, Ricardo Darren, used as his lucky charm for the award ceremonies. So before the award ceremonies, when they're all together, he would say, don't worry, we're not going to win. We have no chance of winning. This film's going to lose. So just be calm. Have fun. We're not going to have to make a speech because we ain't going to fucking win. So that's literally what this guy was saying. <laughs> Pretty much knowing like they're going up against all quiet. Like, hey, just sit down, get drunk, have fun. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, there almost must be a certain kind of peace that comes over you, right? Like, when, you, when you're when you going to the Oscars and it's really, like, kind of an open field, like, you're probably not enjoying yourself as much because you're, like, fucking stressed, right? You're like, oh, my God, we could be winning an Oscar, might have to go on stage. But when you kind of are like, we're fucked. Let's just, like, have a good time. Like, like let's enjoy that we're in L.A. and we're, we're at the Oscars and have some drinks and stuff and not stress about stuff. I mean, again, there, I think there's probably a certain amount of, like, peace that comes over, over you. Um one of the things I noticed right away about this film is the fantastic cinematography. So not only are, uh, are they obviously, it's a, it's a period piece, so it's set decked and stuff like that. It's like, you know, first off, people are smoking all the time. And I like it because... <laughs> like in court, they're just like... And at one point, I thought he was drinking wine based off the cup he was holding. I'm like, that doesn't look like water. I thought that too. I was like, oh, interesting. I'm like, I mean, it's Argentina. You can do what you want in your country. And when his daughter bums a smoke off him in the hallway or whatever, and he's like lights it for her, and then she like takes off, and you're just like, ah, the 80s. That is exactly what the 80s were like. Um, But they shoot this thing in a 3-4 aspect ratio. And, I mean, I'm very familiar with this ratio because my last film, I just shot the same ratio for the same reasons. Because it compresses, it gives you less of a field of vision, uh, so you everything is much more, uh, the intention of the audience is, is much more directed. And so not only do you have this like tighter aspect ratio, which really frames the characters uh, really well, um, just the, like the camera work itself is gorgeous. Like it's, uh, sometimes with 80s films, what they'll do is, They'll try and make it look like they're shooting on film or whatever. This didn't do that. It just allowed the the scenery and stuff to look like it would have looked. Uh, and then what they would do is they would they like reshot instead of using like uh, original footage from the courtroom. What they did is when they wanted that kind of thing, they reshot it and then spliced it in. So you're moving between like, you know, the TV version of what they're seeing in the courtroom plus being inside the courtroom. And yeah, I think it like aesthetically, this is like, I actually, I sent, uh, I sent it to a bunch of cinematographers I know. And I was like, you need to, you need to take a look at this film because it's so well done. Yeah, I get what you're saying, especially when they're slicing in and out. Right. Mm. And at first I thought they were going like, well, I know these films were kind of filmed at the same time, but I thought it was going like the Bal, the Boslerman route for Elvis, in which you're intersecting 
the real story with the technically the fictional one mm. right so at first i was thinking like oh are they putting in like actual court scenes and stuff like that when they're when it's going to the grainy video and everything but they don't uh you don't really see the <laughs> you don't really see the main actors or the the true people till the end because that's the end credits is when they actually put in the fit uh pictures and a little bit of the video of the actual trials in but to me i think as well like there was a lot of especially in the first hour hour and a half of this movie there's a lot of like plot points that were 100 dropped and i think that was more of the the human story i was talking about before that i don't think this one has is like you have the whole subplot about his the daughter's boyfriend mm. right and he's he's keeping a secret right you don't you don't even meet the guy but you know he's keeping the secret and then you find out the secret is he's married and then 20 minutes later like that's how long it took technically for the father and the daughter to confront each other with it and you find out she already knew to begin with and then it's just dropped after well, that. What, 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 where else do you want? So t- the reason that is in there is because he, the, the father, is concerned that the boyfriend might be a essentially spy. some or type a of spy. They call them a mall. Yeah. Yeah, they call them Right? Malls. And, like, using his daughter to get close to him. And that's why he's like, well, what does he do? And she's like, his parents were pilots. And it's like civilian pilots. And, like, that's why. That's why as soon as it comes out that it's, like, really, it's just an affair. That's what he's... It has no bearing on the story. Like, what else do you want to know? You want to know, like, what him and his wife were doing? Like, is there this offshoot? Oh, that was my favorite line. When the cops confront, like, the cops revealed it. And they're like, he was like, does my daughter, like, before talking to his daughter. And they, he was like, does uh, does my daughter know? And they're like, oh, there's no evidence to show that she knows that he's married. And he goes, yeah, the wife doesn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I'm like... But even, like, cigarette-smoking man, right? Like, he seemed pretty important for a while, and then all of a sudden he's just fucking draw like, out out of it. Wait, do you mean his, like, colleague, the actor or whatever? Or the no, theater guy remember, they refer, refer to him as? No, no, like, cigarette-smoking man, the guy that was following the other prosec- the assistant prosecutor. Around oh, yeah, yeah. We never really find out, like, was he a security detail or was he working for the defense or, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. but I mean that could also be just put in there to put like tension, right? Right, but then it's just dropped halfway through, so there's no more tension anymore. Yeah, I guess once they got into the trial, other actually, my one of my favorite lines, actually scenes, is when he, um, when uh, Julio Caesar basically uh, picks up the phone. And there's a threat, right? Like, oh, we're going to kill you, da 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 And he puts down the phone, and the wife's like, who's that? And he's like, oh, it was an, a threat. And he's like, ah, yeah, that guy's called lots of times. I'm already sick of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when he was like, from now on, it's just me. Well, yeah, he's he, the guy's threatening, saying what he's going to do to the daughter, what he's going to do to the son, and all that shit. And then, yeah, the Julio goes, hangs up, goes to his wife. Okay, from now on, it's just me and you that answers. And that's when she was like, yeah, is it the guy that's threatening? He's been calling all day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the kids are like, this. she's pretty hardcore or whatever. Uh, did you like it, though? Like, did you find it enjoyable? Or what was your take yeah, on it? Like, yeah, um, like, to me, like, I do think a couple, like, uh, the film dragged a little bit. I think it could have, you know, been shorter. Yeah, it's because it's just over two hours, right? Yeah, it was like two two hours twenty minutes. I think. Yeah. 
Um, so it could have been um, a little. Uh, sorry, uh, it could have been a little bit shorter. Could have been edged it out a little bit, as well as you know. Um, I know at the end they they kind of put in what the history happened, and I guess they've reopened these trials or something like that. And there's now like a thousand people who have been prosecuted. Yeah, something like that. Basically, that uh, they just continue to dig into the allegations and continue to bring people to trial, which I mean, this is similar to what is always ongoing in Germany. We're like, you're 96 years old, but you worked with the Nazis like you could still find yourself in front of a judge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like even some of the stuff that they discussed, it was never even like follow through when they had um, the one witness that right before he was going to um you know go hit the stand he backed out and then he he made the comments about like you know the people that tortured me are like in even higher positions now mm. because you know when the new government came in they technically you know promoted people that were in the old government kind of thing yeah so he's like you can't keep me safe yeah and then they're gone and then that's when they you know, they do the reveal where they're not releasing the the witnesses' names anymore until till it does. But yeah, like I think one of the um I wanna say like I think the heart, not the heart of the movie, but the kicker for this movie is the the testimony of the one lady. With the baby? Yeah, like that was just you're just like, wow. Right. And and that and I think that too was so because you don't know the story like like I said like if this was made here like you would have met this lady you know while they're picking their stuff you would have heard her story before um you know and then it would have been the whole like hey we're gonna try like we're gonna keep you safe kind of thing but not knowing any of these people's stories and then hearing them uh and and that was the thing that was the turning point of the trial in there because you know, the whole barometer through this movie was the guy's, the assistant prosecutor's mom, who was pro-military, military family, right? And they're like, we can never change her mind. And then that was the turning point once the uh, that testimony came out and that story came out. And then you see the her calling them and then she's like, I'm against them. Like, they should all go to jail kind of thing. But yeah, it was fucking crazy to to even imagine somebody having to go through that. I mean, so it's funny that you uh, bring up, so he's playing Luis Moreno Acamapo. I definitely did not say that right. Uh, But the actor is is Juan Pedro Lanzani. So (laughs) when I was looking up his like filmography, so he's a former child actor and model. And he was in like a Telenuvo, Telemundo TV show in Argentina and he was a member of the Teen Angels music group. <laughs> so like kind of like not Backstreet Boys, but like a like an S Club kind of thing. <laughs> so you're saying he's just he's like Argentina's Justin J- Timberlake. Yeah, Justin Timberlake meets meets uh, Ryan Gosling. But actually, so the main character, uh, the main actor, uh, Ricardo Darren, is basically like their George Clooney, like he is the biggest dramatic uh star in argentina 
I can't, so it'd be like, I don't know, George Clooney mixed with not Brad Pitt, but who, who, I don't know, who would you mix that with? Like, who would, who would you say is our biggest dramatic star in like North America? In the, but, but elderly, cause he's like 66. Yeah. So like what, like Richard Gere maybe, or. I would go probably De Niro, right? De Niro, Pacino. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're probably, he's probably like a mix of all of those people. Cause uh, yeah, like the, everything I read on him, he was, he's like the guy. He's actually been in three uh, Oscar-nominated international films. He was in uh, Son of the Bride, The Secret in Their Eyes, and Wild Tales. Um, And then he was also in a film called The Summit, which was also directed by uh, Santiago. And he'll be in Fast and the Furious 11 (laughs) as the main bad guy. Fast and the Furious 11, Argentina Revenge. Actually, so speaking of uh, crossover, <laughs> no, because he was so in in Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. He was originally offered the role to play the narco like bad guy or whatever, and he turned it down. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm fucking sick and tired of being like uh, like American films trying to cast Latins as always like the bad guys. I'm like, I don't know how else you have latin narcos without latins but sure listen i can appreciate like that that would have been a big like a big move to not do that film like to do it would have put him on the you know on on the north american scale which you know that's hollywood and stuff so i mean it takes a lot of like balls to say fucking no to that shit you know Mm -hmm. well but especially because man on fire ended up being like that's a fucking great film Yes, it, w- it was good. And they have, you know, you can go watch the Equalizer 3 because now they have that pairing again. Yeah. Uh, Dakota, was it Dakota Johnson and Denzel Washington? Oh, my God. The- Dakota Fanning? Dakota Fanning. Sorry, Dakota Fanning. See, well, this is why there's two of us. Just uh, just the two of us. Anyway, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about this film? Uh, it did uh, roughly $4 million internationally. It did 659 million pesos. Plus one million international. I did the conversion. It's roughly like three point nine million dollars. So not awful. It's got a ninety-six percent from the critics, got a ninety-two on the uh audience rating from the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh yeah. Like yeah, I I think it it is good. Um I would I would recommend it, I'd say, you know, but it, you you going in, you you have to invest the time, right? Like it is two hours and 20 minutes and it's not structured like I would say normally a courtroom drama like you didn't have your you know Tom Cruise against Jack Nicholson right you didn't have your Richard Gere against Edward Norton kind of thing like there isn't this big yeah there's not a big like cross that's actually yeah that's a really good point you don't get I don't think you actually you barely see any of the witnesses even get cross examined. Like, there's no. No, they tell their story and then they they'll like they'll they'll ask quite because that's the same thing. Like, I think like in terms of the structure of this film, like I know before you're saying you hear the defense, but you don't hear the defense, right? You hear their one thing at the beginning, just saying, "Hey, you know the uh, what was it called? The uh, annihilation protocol was." was summoned or something like yep. that. And then the one guy's like, well, this is what the protocol actually means. It doesn't mean this kind of thing, but you don't hear it. But in the news clips, you keep on hearing about how, um, how, um, you know, how strong the defense is, how like, you know, like 
they're um what you call like stonewalling them like putting pressure on these defendants but yeah during like the things we see you don't actually see anything they're all just stand there and been like okay i mean the jack nicholson moment is the the kind of quote you played off when they all stand they keep standing up and they're like i do not recognize the legitimacy of this court like that you know and they're they're single framed uh each defendant basically comes up and gets their moment to say that but yeah outside of that it's basically a prosecution's film and i mean i wonder if that also has to do with the fact that like for argentina the prosecution is what mattered right the fact that these people were going to be held to account where if a north american director did it it might might have been a a much more balanced trial and then Mm -hmm. again the the theatrics of and i mean maybe it's i don't understand how their court system works maybe it's not the same as ours where we get that drama in our in our cross-examination right yeah like they had i will say this like i know you're talking about the cinematography and all that shit but they had one fucking amazing you know shot that was blocked perfectly in which they actually you know when you actually see all the defendants in there lining up coming into the court and they're all perfectly structured so you can see each one's face so even the row behind them and you know was to stand in between the yeah, other yeah. guys <laughs> and then you see them all kind of thing um but yeah that was the that was that was the thing with it like you know ne- i never personally knew what was going to happen like i didn't know um and it was fun like it, yeah i don't want to say it's fun to watch but it, it, it was well done <laughs> it was a one well done movie but yeah just go in uh you know just leave your stuff at the door and then just like get immersed in it kind of thing because i would say it would it is worth watching it right yeah, so <clears throat> I think it's a super important film. Obviously, it looks beautiful. One of the things, if right, like I watched it on Amazon. Did you as well? Yeah, that's the only way. So if you're going to watch it on Amazon, turn on the Spanish language and put on the fucking subtitles because the English dubbing is shit. And unlike one of the things I actually like about Netflix is it'll often just uh, it'll give you the option to go to the original language and it'll say original language. Because just because it's Spanish, I was like, okay, is this going to be like Spain Spanish or is it going to be Argentinian Spanish? Like, I always want to know what the original language is. And because uh, the, the English dubbing does not do it justice. So make sure you turn that off. Turn on the Spanish language with English subtitles if that's what you need. Uh, but again, I would highly recommend watching this film. Again, it's not in a, it's not going to, it's not Fast and the Furious 15 Argentina you know, strikes back. <laughs> uh, but I will, I will leave with uh, my quote for the week is from Natalie Winkleman from the New York times, little, little paper of record, uh, like an, like a pair of old wingtips polished with wax. Argentina, 1985 spins a notable piece of history into an impressed courtroom drama flecked with quaint humor. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. I mean, I, I'm glad you weren't bored.
Well, some parts I was. But, <laughs> but I can't wait for the sequel, man. Canada 2019. It's all about the fucking trucker. <laughs> the trucker. And yeah, it'll be, uh, and it'll, of course, star what's his name from uh, Due South, uh, Paul Gross. <laughs> our, for some reason our biggest Canadian talent uh, he seems to be in all the Canadian films uh, that are made up here directed by Denis Villeneuve I don't know you'll get a you'll get a whatchamacallit you'll get a Ryan Reynolds cameo in there yeah but you'll have to do something <laughs> funny he'll be the funny he'll, guy he'll, in the... he'll play Justin Trudeau I was gonna say oh my god Ryan Reynolds is Justin Trudeau I would fuck I, I would vote for that actually <laughs> production by Rod Shaver Vader Monkey Productions <laughs>